personality, <laughs> blood, money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that would make for we, we family drama. No, for real, exactly. What's up, y'all? You're tuning in to the Here to Uplift podcast. If you've been here before, welcome back. And thank you for being a part of our Uplift community. If you're new here, woohoo! Thanks for joining us, and we hope you continue listening and engaging with our community, where we center the stories of inspiring and impactful entrepreneurs and community leaders. I'm Lolo Fisher, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Here to Uplift podcast. I'm your host, Lolo, and I'm excited with to be here with my special guest, Bianca. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself for us? Yes, I'm Bianca Ashalu. I am the CMO and co-founder of Nirvana Soul Coffee Purveyors. We are based in downtown San Jose in Cupertino. We've got a couple of shops now, a couple of shops on the way, and hoping to continue expanding and bringing the community together through the power of coffee and tea. Ooh, and you are. You are definitely doing that. That's why I love it. So. Um, we're actually here in the Cupertino location for anybody that's watching the video format of this. And this is my first time in the Cupertino location. I've been Welcome. to the downtown San Jose one multiple times for open mic night. Um, was one of the one of like the first few times we went actually. So that was like super exciting. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, what do you think yeah. of Cupertino? I, so because we live in Cupertino right now, mm-hmm. it's so interesting that I'm always going to the San Jose I know, one. you're passing <laughs> us up. Like, yeah, it and it's good times. vibes here too. But we don't do open mics at this yeah. one, but it's still good vibes all day. You can see the difference though, because uh, when I go to the San Jose one, it's more like have a little higher energy, it's yep. more upbeat, the music's usually louder, right? There's a lot of like students that go there too, so you yeah. get like that energy. I like to say like downtown is like the turn up and Cupertino is like the cool down. That's how I like to say because people come here and they're focused and sometimes they're like, I started my day in downtown, yep. got that energy up and now I'm here because I have right. things you know to That's get exactly done. exactly it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> people come <laughs> to both in down. a day. Yeah. yeah, so I think most of the time I'm needing that energy, so uh-huh. the downtown location has been perfect, but this I'm liking because these days now having a baby I'm like I just oh, need yes. something close that I can vibe. just kind of <laughs> relax <laughs> but I love it okay so your two locations Cupertino yes. and downtown you said two on the way we've got a couple on the way we are partnering with San Jose State mm-hmm. on a location on their campus and that'll be opening sometime this year hopefully in the first half of the year um, at the Martin Luther King Library yes. And then we also have a Nirvana Soul Express shop that is at Hotel De Anza in downtown San Jose. Oh, okay. Wait, so what's an express shop? Just something So smaller? it's a limited menu. It's a one barista shop, so it's small. Mm. It's kind of just a get in and get out. But we still do waffles there, and okay. we have a, yeah, just a smaller menu of drinks. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I knew about the MLK location, but I did not know about the hotel location. I that's know. It's exciting. still in the works to get okay. it fully like, there, but yeah. it's very, very close now, and we'll probably be promoting it over the next couple of weeks yeah okay so co-founder co-owner of nirvana soul what was the journey that's like the juice i want to get today i want to know like how did you think up nirvana soul how did you decide on making this a family venture and like what was that journey the journey was wild it was wild (laughs) (laughs) it took us about two years to open from when my sister dronica who's our ceo Mm -hmm. um, and i were finally in the same place at the same time So we had decided together physically. She lived in Sacramento for 10 years prior. Mm, And she's the one who's been in coffee. So her entire like adult career has been coffee on and off. She's Uh, like managed jobs. She's been a barista. She's done it all in coffee, but she's always wanted 
her own business. Mm -hmm. And so even the name Nirvana Soul, she had 10 years before we even opened. She just knew that it was something she wanted to do. And my background and my career is in tech. So we're from San Jose, born and raised. It's kind of just the water I swim in. Yeah, Yeah, so like I fell into it and I've been in it still um, as a marketer. And Mm -hmm. so together about now, gosh, coming on six years ago, we decided we were gonna try to make her vision a reality. She moved back home to San Jose. It was perfect timing. We had no idea what we were doing. And so literally like Google search how to open a coffee shop in San Jose. And that's kind of the beginning of it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So did you have help when you did that? Or was it like, we're going to figure this out one step at a time? No, we didn't have much help. We didn't. So there was like some things we kind of just knew. Like we need money. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is not going to be free. So we have to figure out how to get money. And in some way, I don't know, in the ether, I'm like, oh, an SBA loan. That's how you get money for businesses in this country. So we started looking into that, just Google University, just doing our own research. And then I was like, the city must have some programs for Mm -hmm. small businesses. So I sent out just a cold email out to the city. And we were so lucky that someone responded who is like, really instrumental in getting a lot of small businesses off the ground, mostly Mm. in like your San Pedro Square markets or your sofa markets, where it's almost like vendor pop-ups that are there even just temporarily or go on to be in their own brick and mortar locations. Uh So that person responded to us and was with us every step of the way, just explaining things, introducing us to people. Yeah, he was just the best and was there at our ribbon cutting when we finally did open our location in downtown. Um, and then we just sort of step by step figured it out. We yeah. do one search that would lead us to another thing. We hosted a pitch party with our mm-hmm. friends and family so that we can try to raise some money. Um, and that led to our first money that we got, which was a neighbor and friend of mine who gave us okay. $500. And we were like, okay, now we're in it. Now we got to really do this. There's money like, on the table. On yeah, exactly. Um, and then we just like really pieced it together little yeah. by little um, and just pushed each other, held each other accountable and started talking about it like it was really going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I appreciate that too, because the two years it took before you actually started, I think is what usually is behind the scenes that people don't realize. Like, yes, they're sitting on a dream, sitting on it, sitting on it, but actually making it happen is the harder part. (laughs) It is. And we talked about it for that reason, too. Like we wanted to be very loud about what we were working on. Like we know some people are like, make your moves in silence. We weren't those people at all. Like we were (laughs) extra loud telling anyone who listened. Like Veronica was driving Lyft at the time. And so, you know, a Lyft driver gonna tell you how they're gonna start a business. And she was that person. In fact, we had printed up business cards, like with just her email on it, Nirvana Soul, free drink when we open. And she would hand those out to people. We had nothing. There was no location, nothing at all. She would just like, when when I open my shop, here's this card. (laughs) And some people brought them in too when we opened. They were just like, I believed you. Um, But yeah, we just uh, worked together. I had started a blog Mm -hmm. early on. So there's like a year and a half happen that way no it was strategic and that okay. I wanted to share our journey like the good bad and ugly 
And I also, we also just didn't know where to turn. And so we wanted to be a resource to anyone who was coming behind us. So right. we can share the roadblocks we were having, any challenges, and also like any successes and things that we were figuring out. We thought it would just be helpful for the next batch right. of people who were trying. Right. Um, and also helpful for us to just keep that visibility up, uh, document yeah. it, and make sure we were staying on top of our stuff. Yeah, and that transparency is beautiful because we don't share enough. I, yeah. I, I talk about this all the time, but especially with women entrepreneurs, it seems like we're almost forced into this mindset of competition when I'm like, we're all going to do better if we just share with each other 100%. how we got there. <laughs> 100%. And even specialty coffee itself was pretty insular, and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of gatekeep, uh, gatekeeping around um, you know, how you were doing it, how yeah. you got there, like what your books look like. Mm -hmm. And we were just asking anyone if they said no, we we're like, fine, okay. whatever. <laughs> but there were some yeses. Yeah. There was a shop that was willing to show us, you know, what their P&L looked like. And so right. that was really helpful oh, for nice. us. Um, there were like people in the city that we reached out to mm -hmm. who were able to give us information. And not everything was super helpful, but I just feel like if you keep chipping away, mm -hmm. you'll get the stuff that you need. And there were enough nuggets for us to like figure out how to move forward right. whenever we were feeling stuck. Good. Okay. So when you started, was it all three of you, you, your husband and your sister? <laughs> no. no. My husband might say it was first. kind of him because we kept asking him every math question there was. But like, we are not it. mathematicians, okay? <laughs> like me and my sister are in our own lanes. Like she's the copy person, I'm the marketer, and there was no numbers person. We needed that one, <laughs> needed that one but piece. <laughs> yeah, and his background is in finance and sales. So well, I'd just be like, yeah. hey, what does this mean? I mean, that's hey, part of marriage, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> And so eventually, as we were turning the corner and actually opening, I was like, should you just join us full time? Because you've already been doing everything. And I know having him here, we were saying earlier, being the perfectionist yeah. that he is, being so thorough, being so curious, his yeah. willingness to just learn everything there is about anything. Like, we needed that because mm -hmm. I move fast. Like, right. so I'm going to cut a corner here and there, but it's going to get us there quickly. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be like, hold on now. Did you consider this? Did you think about that? And so I'm like, uh, okay, I guess yeah. we're going to take yeah. a minute and figure this out for real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that's a piece of advice for up and coming entrepreneurs or business owners is to just take action or, or from learning like through your own experience, would you recommend against it? I have a crazy bias for action and I'm always going to be on the side of just doing it. Mm -hmm. So like we say, we can do hard things. And to me, that is the thing that pushes us to just, just take action. Yeah. Um, because you'll spend a lot of time planning and thinking through mm -hmm. and writing it all out and all that. And that can paralyze you sometimes because right. even that much information can be overwhelming. So this is something that I think has been natural to me and my personality. It's not so natural for my sister even. Okay. Like that's why it's taken her 20 years to open her own shop, you know, because you it's like- You gave her that push though. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things you have to think about and it's so scary. And like, obviously failure is very possible. Right. Like at every stage of it, even when you're open, there's like more points of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I think that I'm a person who tries to be consistent mm -hmm. and you just put things out there. If it doesn't work, you just have another day tomorrow to try something else. Right. And you'll never know what is possible if you are sitting back and waiting. Yeah. Like I just, I'm maybe just an impatient person. I see <laughs> green lights everywhere. I don't want to have to yeah. wait. Okay. So then do you believe in backup plans? 
That's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Do I believe in backup plans? Um, maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. I think we're all in on Nirvana Soul. Like, yeah. yes, I still have my day job. Like, that's the role I play in the business still is right. like someone's got to pay these expensive San Jose bills. And okay. so that is the part I play. But in game for us is for Nirvana Soul to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I said this in one of our earlier interviews when we were first opening. Like, mm -hmm. if we're going to fail, let's fail spectacularly. Like, mm -hmm. let's fail to the point where, like, Arches and shambles, you know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I want to know we did everything yeah, yeah. possible to make this thing work, and we right. left it all on the court, and at the end of the game, if we lose, have nothing to feel bad about. Right. That's beautiful and scary. And I say it because for me, that was like what I was sharing with you mm -hmm. is one of the scary points just based on my upbringing was everything was like security, security, security. And I think that's yeah. for the culture a lot of times. No, like, 100%. Our families, the last two generations like struggled so much that they're mm -hmm. like, go get your nine to five, be stable. And they want to see black owned businesses, but I they know. don't want to see the journey and process of what it takes to get a black owned right. business going in a And there's not a lot of support. Mm -mm. Most black owned businesses fail. Uh, I mean, most businesses fail, but black owned businesses are yeah. failing at much higher rates. Yes. Um, yes. We don't have a lot of the resources. We don't have the financial backing. There's so many reasons why this is an impossible thing yeah. to do. Yeah. And uh, you're saying like previous generations, I'm with you. Like our current <laughs> generations right. out here struggling. You know That's what I mean? True. Like yep. it's still really hard. And so to make a choice to go do something that has the likeliness of failure right. is like pretty unheard of when, mm. especially when you're black. Um, so this was big for our family. Like yeah. we're from San Jose. So our family's here. They take a lot of pride in Nirvana soul mm -hmm. and it being here and having gotten the, the praise that it's gotten. Mm -hmm. It just means so much to us. Um, because yeah, we're not taking these kind of risks cause it's not always safe to take right. that kind of risk. It's true. So have you had some of the downs in these past six years, um, that like scared you getting to failure in Nirvana soul potentially? The scariest thing for us is probably trying to ensure that we can maintain like financing, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is always the biggest challenge. It's been the challenge since before we opened was figuring out how to try to get money. And then it's always a challenge figuring out how to keep money. And that's yeah, not especially unique. During COVID. Especially <laughs> during COVID. That's not unique to our business. Like yeah. the margins for coffee shops are really slim. So we try our best to like, now we're doing like some inventory things mm -hmm. and we're looking at other revenue streams and other ways we can make money and just want to be able to support our team. Like that's right. most important. And San Jose is crazy. Like it is hard to live here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know minimum wage will go up and you know, now cost of goods going up with inflation. It is right. just a very rough time to be in business. And so, yeah, we're just always going to do everything we can to, to stay, to right. be here. Yeah. Right. Any, any scary moments, though, where you weren't sure if you would survive? I just spent all the time, every day. Um, I mean, every month you know, some days, yeah, <laughs> some days go better than others. Like you can come into the shops and you yeah. see people in there, and the line is like, but that like, doesn't necessarily wow, mean, we're really the doing it. Good. Or is it? No, I think behind the scenes, it's fine, okay. right? Like we're learning as we go, yeah. and for some reason, we have been very organized. Maybe that's the preparedness of being mm. black. Like we have done a lot to ensure that we 
just are on top of things. Yeah. Like yeah. we are doing our books regularly. We are, I mean, my husband again being finance, that helps a lot. Um, we have a lot of materials. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that we put in place over time. Yeah. We're trying to get more processes in place and systems and things that will help us scale <laughs> yeah, and, and bring people on the team and have them come mm -hmm. on in a way that's not too crazy. Right. Um, but we're not perfect at it. So yeah. like we give ourselves a lot of grace, but you also have people who are relying on you. Mm -hmm. So we have to you do certain work, things. Right the right way and exactly. we try we just try our best no that makes sense and I, I like that you said it is like the preparedness kind of of being black because we we have to go above and beyond in everything we do and i you wish have to it be wasn't excellent. that way but I that know, is the truth. i know it's unfortunately <laughs> still the case mm -hmm. and we will talk to like younger black people and younger brown people and they're like it shouldn't be like that i'm like y'all are absolutely right right and i hope for you it isn't that way it would be yes. lovely to not have to work harder than everybody else to get half as much like mm -hmm. that would that's the dream we should all aspire yeah. that has not been our situation like right. we have had to be excellent like nothing can go wrong we don't get that kind of grace like yeah we just we exactly. can't mess up that exactly. way and so we try not to mess up but mm -hmm. it happens of course <laughs> of course and it's true and it's it's interesting to me because the need to be excellent is almost daunting. Like it's a heavy weight to carry, but also our ability to be excellent is like, yes, damn right, we got we that. Just, like the we fact rise that we to the can occasion. go it's above true. and beyond is yeah. just so beautiful for our culture. Yeah, we definitely have a way of persevering mm -hmm. and being resilient and all those things. And and I'm with you. I've had to learn myself. Like that yeah. can't be all that we are. Mm -hmm. Like our story has to have more dimension than that. Yes. And so like we try to keep that in mind just personally me and mm -hmm. my sister like how are we enjoying our lives in mm. a full way not right. just in like be strong power through yes. do what you got to do um obviously the business demands that sometimes yeah. but i think there's also something beautiful in showing that softer side of like mm -hmm. okay this is actually really hard and we're doing what we can but yeah this shit might fall apart. <laughs> I, I don't remember who I was speaking with recently, but they were talking about the soft girl era, right? This like yes. trend, and I'm like, I know. I don't know how I feel about that because it's That's beautiful. We're old. I like the aesthetic <laughs> of it, but it's like to even get that soft girl era, you have to work you have your to work butt so off. So hard. Right? I know. You gotta work your butt off, and most of the time, those soft girls, as we're saying. You know, yeah. at least have a couple hours in the day where they aren't soft and they're, they're <laughs> hustling their butt offs to keep to keep it going. It is like, so true. It is so true. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The aesthetic sounds good and it seems cool, and I would love that for all of us. All right. of us deserve, right? Yeah. However, yeah, it's we're not we're not there yet. I think <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe yeah, yeah. Day. I don't know. I think part of me kind of is addicted to the hustle. Like I just love working, even when I get a chance to be like, oh, I'll just sit back and relax. I'm like, I should be doing something. Why yeah, don't I do something, something I really had to work on over the last couple it's of hard years. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's unlimited things to do when you're a business owner, mm -hmm. and I mean, you're doing your own thing, so you know this thing can be as big as you can work yeah. it to be and when you're not working it's sitting yeah. it's, just, it's a very hard yeah. thing to do to say i'm gonna turn this off for this moment right. and then come back to it right because the business is a piece of you it is yeah it <laughs> is as a small business i would say like i think there's some folks who can get detached especially when it's like product based or things like you can detach yourself right. but 
when it's a space that brings people together, it becomes a piece of you and a representation of you. And, and it was born out of that too. Like me and my sister really wanted to create our relationship in a physical space. Mm. Like we are, we don't, well, we don't say this shit seriously. Like we are just cutting up all the time. We are just very joyful, happy people, <laughs> yeah. um, very colorful and vibrant. And so we were like, how do we get this relationship yep to be a space where other people can come and right. find community and let down their hair and mm. relax and feel some self-care in that and yes. also like feel safe in that this space is inclusive and right. accessible right. and welcoming and not intimidating. You know, we wanted anyone to be able to come into mm -hmm. Nirvana Soul, which is why you'll see so much diversity in mm -hmm. our customer base and in our community. Yes, I absolutely see that. And I think this is a good time to bring up what we were talking about before we turned the cameras on. But, um, you know, when I moved here into San Jose, not being from here, I specifically was looking for, like, where is a hub of black people? And at the same time, one of the reasons I fell in love with San Jose is how multicultural it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the diversity, especially as a mixed person and having a mixed baby, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. I want you to see everything, everybody, like, just feel the love of mm -hmm. people. That's and the beauty of San Jose the is South that Bay. for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. The whole South Bay area is just ideal for a cultural mix, but at the same time, you still want to feel those pockets where you're like, oh, this is my family. I see myself in these spaces. And Nirvana Soul yeah. was one of the few places that I knew I could find black people at once somebody introduced me to it. I love that so much. <laughs> I really do. I mean, this is still for us by us, you know, yeah. even though it is multicultural and inclusive, um, we knew how special this was going to be for people who look like us, yeah. right? And so we take that very seriously and we try to do our best to just like be great for people who are coming after us and who come into that space looking for other people who look like yeah. them. Like you're not going really anywhere and seeing something like this on the wall. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like artwork that right. has black and brown faces and yeah. it's so unheard yeah. of in anywhere you can go in the South Bay really and I think we've done a lot of our part to just put out more positive joyful yeah. imagery that you typically just don't see um, and so yeah that makes me feel real good I'm it happy does. that you found Being in your space here. makes me feel good like y'all have done such an amazing job truly and the colorfulness to the vibrancy it's you can feel the energy in each of the space even though it's my first time in the Cupertino <laughs> location <laughs> I knew yeah. it in the downtown San Jose location it was just like oh this energy like yeah, <laughs> when you yeah. want to be lifted it's a great That's place exactly, to be. Exactly, exactly yeah. what we were going for. We wanted it to feel like home. So. Yeah, I love that. So I'm kind of curious, not on the Nirvana Soul side, but just as a Bay Area native and growing up in San Jose, because I'm struggling now, I have struggled, I'm not like struggling, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way, searching for the black community has been challenging since moving here. So I'm curious, like with you growing up in this area, like what was that like? Did you see pockets of black folks? Has it always been multicultural? Like, what was that like? <laughs> so I think San Jose used to have more black people here. Okay. And um, that changed over time as the cost of living has just increased mm. and people were moving out to places like Tracy and yeah. Modesto and things like that. 
And so there was a bit of an exodus, and I don't think we've ever really quite come back. Mm. And then when you're looking at the larger Bay Area, then yeah. you're like, Oakland is the place Oakland, where there are black yeah. people, or East Palo Alto, or wherever. Like, that's just where you would see more people who look like us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's still a lot of beauty in the diversity in San Jose right. that you literally can see anyone from any background. Mm -hmm. There's like, you see it represented in our food yes. and in the culture and in the things that are celebrated here. Like, it is really widely diverse. <laughs> right. Um, so I get like the other side of that is that mm -hmm. black people are a very small percentage. Yeah. And so there's not many black owned businesses. I don't really remember any growing up here yeah, that, like, was that I my, can think my of. Thought. I was like, I wonder if this is new or if this yeah. has always been a challenge. You know, I don't know. Like outside of maybe like barbershops and mm -hmm. salons and things, um, I can't really recall growing up and seeing a lot of black owned businesses, if any. Yeah. So it feels new. And we even in the time that we've been open, there's been so many more that have opened up, yeah. too. Um, a couple friends of ours, like a barber opened downtown, Headspace, right. um, new uh, candle making shop, Ashy Aromas is open even on our block mm -hmm. in the South First Street now. Um, people who are just doing as vendors, like Perfect Choice, right. who's a baker right. and popped up a lot with us. There's so many more that have opened up in that time. And I think it's just, we found each other. Like maybe mm -hmm. people were doing this in isolation, but uh, now yeah. there's a central community that's growing right. where it's like, oh, I'm not doing this alone. Mm -hmm. And that's really, mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, so are, are you familiar with BQ and Culture Night Market? Yes. Okay, so yes. I, that's, when you're saying this, that's what I'm thinking of, because I know actually on Anthony's podcast, they had an interview and we're talking about the reason for Culture Night Market and wanting to bring vendors together that were just doing things out of their house, mm -hmm. but didn't have a space to go. Because there are so many. That's what I think it is. It's like we just may not see it as like physical locations, but right. there's a lot but more stuff is still happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in some way. So in some way, yeah. I mean, when we have vendors come to like our open mic nights mm -hmm. or like to our anniversaries and yeah. you just put out a call and they come. It's the same thing with the artists. There are so many artists out there in San Jose, which is like a tech place, but then there's this underground artist scene, right. musicians, right. and it makes me all kinds of things. And if you just put it out there and say, we're looking for this, mm -hmm. they just come. And that's, I think, why it's become sort of a hub, yeah. like Nirvana yeah. Soul being almost central to all these other pieces that have come together. Right. So if we can move on to like an advice piece, like I love it. So I would say this has been successful, even though we may not see every struggle that happens behind the scenes, every little stressor with numbers or finances. Yeah. Overall, Nirvana Soul has made a huge positive impact in our community, especially throughout the South Bay, but especially in San Jose is where I saw it first and yeah. wanted to reach out to you. So I'm curious for, let's say like up and coming business owners that are either planning in that planning stage process mm -hmm. or maybe just started their business, what should they do to reach this level of success that you now have? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, um, I typically give the same pieces of advice is to start, like you can do hard things. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that. And I yeah. think that's beyond just like believing in yourself. It's about your ability to act and execute and get things done. Mm -hmm. Even that or maybe beyond what you're comfortable with, yeah. like stretch yourself, use your resources, Google is free, YouTube is free. Like this is the stuff that we used and uh, we had to learn a lot of new stuff. Like we just didn't know how to do and it's possible. It really just shows you. 
And also, like, I'm not in any way trying to be coy or like this thing has been easy because it's not. It's been mm-hmm. tough. But the, the attitude we have about it is we knew it was going to be hard. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, like, when things come up, maybe we're a little naive about it mm-hmm. or we do just let it like roll off our shoulders because yeah. we have faced so many crazy things that have happened in this business like so many that now if we like tell somebody that this thing happened we'll say it's so casual and they're like what like that is a crazy thing and we're like oh i, I guess it was it? but like next week something else was going to come up yeah so if you kind of just know like tomorrow's mm, another day right. anything you're feeling is temporary the highs are temporary the lows are temporary you just keep putting one foot in front of the other you'll be fine this is very mm. possible um, and then also I try to encourage people to work in partnership. Yeah. So the thing that has really been effective for us is that we're not going it alone. Like yeah. I hear from other solopreneurs where it is a very lonely thing mm-hmm. and being able to bounce ideas and to lift each other up when you're feeling down, um, and just generally work together is game changing for us. Like I know that I'm not in this by myself. So that means if this fails, yeah. I'm not going to fail alone. If mm-hmm. it succeeds, we're not going to succeed alone. And I prefer that. And I think it also just helps you push further when you otherwise might give up. Yeah. So, yeah, those are probably my two pieces I of advice. That. I appreciate that, too. I'm, I'm curious, with working with family, what are, like, the specific <laughs> tips of working with family? We get this question a lot, of course, because me and my sister. Personality, right? Personality and, and blood. Yeah, personality, <laughs> blood, money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that would make for we, we family make drama. No, for real, exactly. Um, my sister and I are 11 months apart. Okay. We've always Super been close. close. Yeah. yeah, we've always been close. We work together. We live together. Um, we just have the personalities that kind of gel, which was just a fortunate, lucky break. (laughs) It was because we hear from siblings all the time. They're like, ain't no way. Like, ain't no way I can work with my sister or my brother. Um, And so we do our best to create separation when we can. Mm -hmm. Like there's some ground rules we'll have around like, if I'm at my day job, we can't talk about Nirvana Soul because I can't task switch that way. Um, Or she'll say like when she's off, like she's off to this moment. Right. Um, And that doesn't mean we haven't bumped heads. We had to work our way Mm -hmm. through getting to that point. And like, we always like to say when we first opened, we were so exhausted. We were fighting all the time, like over (laughs) everything. Like every little thing was setting us off. Like I remember I came in maybe, because I sell my day job. So I would like go to work all day and then Mm -hmm. I would come over to the shop. It was taking us forever to close. Like three, four hours. I was like, how are we in here still? This late? like, this doesn't make any sense. I'd be like, I'm going to create a checklist. And she would be so mad. You're not here all day. You don't know what we're dealing with. The line bit out the door. And I was like, but if you just follow this checklist, oh then you should be able to get, like, it just was like, you know, stuff you just had to go through. Yeah. 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 And so eventually we had to say, look, we're tired. Yep. I think we're fighting because we're tired. And now whenever we feel that exhaustion mm-hmm. like bubbling up because we're just being nitpicky or yep. whatever, we're like, remember when we first opened downtown? <laughs> <laughs> you grew from it. Yeah, no, we did good. grow from it. So, I think a lot of people break from that. So. Yes. And we were already in it. So we yeah. knew. And that's the beauty of family, at least for us, was like, yeah. you ain't going nowhere. Like, we in this. We're still going to be sisters at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So be mad all you want to. Like, we're going to wake up and go do this event tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? 
<laughs> make it happen. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, I kind of, I really hope that, you know, our, our kids are 12 or three months, so it's a big it's gap. A gap. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with a big gap, too. My brothers are 13 and 20 years older than me. Oh, wow. So that is a big gap. In a way, it's like, I love it because I grew up having older brothers who are almost like additional father figures because they mm, could, mm-hmm. you know, give me those lessons. But then not growing up with a sibling, like, close to my age, I always wanted one. I'm yeah. like, I, wanna, I want somebody to play with. I want a friend. But uh-huh. thinking about business now, like, I could tap on my brother and be like, oh, what are you doing for this? And what are you doing for that? And it's like a generation ahead of, like, right. being able to tell me all this advice. I'm like, great. Yeah, and because <laughs> so, there's so much there's wisdom and, and value and exactly. hearing people who have just lived, right? Yes. Like, yes. you can, yeah, yeah. To exactly. people who are older than you, they know what they're talking about they too. Do. They do. I, I just Sometimes we think we know everything. <laughs> I will not lie. I didn't want to listen for a while. So, yeah. like my oldest brother, he's he's also in tech. Mm-hmm. He works for IBM in security, and then my middle brother, technically still older than me, but the middle brother is more of that entrepreneur. He's dabbled in a lot of things. Yeah. He's did bodyguard and all these things, and. He actually does like video media production for, okay. I'm gonna say cars, but I know he would be mad at me for just saying cars because <laughs> it's like the sound systems, the overhauls, oh, yeah, all it's of that, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so uh, all those years pass, you know, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're doing their thing, they're doing their yeah. thing. And then once I got to college, I was like, I think I need to ask some you questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start figuring out how y'all made all these things work. Because yeah, because once you're living it, you're yeah. like, the math don't be mathing all the time. Exactly. I'm like, how are you able to do that? How are you able to live? Right. Yeah, right. and so <laughs> I'm, like, I'm glad that you can look to them. Because I got to right. work on this. So it's beautiful, though, to be able to like grow with our family in yeah. whatever ways. I know that's not the same case or situation for everybody Mm -hmm. but I love hearing about how families have come together yeah I feel very very blessed to be able to do this with family that I get along with (laughs) right (laughs) I mean I've heard of businesses where people don't get along but they're in it you know and I just never wanted us to get to that point so we are very intentional about Mm -hmm. remaining best friends and doing things outside of Nirvana Soul and making sure it's not completely consuming which it easily could be absolutely so I'm curious then as we start like wrapping up we've talked a little bit about Nirvana Soul as that hub for culture and inclusion really within our South Bay area what do you forecast being I guess like the state of black businesses in the South Bay like looking five ten years out you think oh, we're going to be in the same situation? No, I, we're I think we'll grow. I do. I have a lot of reason to believe that things will get better. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope because I can see change happening now. Mm-hmm. I see people working on things. People reach out to us with their ideas mm-hmm. and they're taking the steps to actually build and make that happen. So I honestly mm-hmm. think it's going to get so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really have a lot of hope in what Yay. the future has for black businesses. Yay. That makes me hopeful. And I'm, I'm hoping that episodes like this of the podcast, like sharing your story is important to me because it kind of creates that pathway where people can be like, they did it. I can do it. Like yeah. you said, I can do hard things. Somebody you else did it. Things. Like we can start following in those footsteps and using each other as resources. Yeah, and exactly. Also, just like we might already be here. <laughs> And we just don't know it. So mm-hmm. like coming sort of out with it and sharing more yeah. and just living more like out loud with what yes. you're doing could be really helpful because 
someone needs to see that. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what we've taken away from being so transparent and open with our business is that people are like, oh, this is exactly what I need to see yeah. to know that it was possible. And I know that representation would have done wonders for us too. Yeah. We just didn't have a lot of places to look. And now that's why we want multiple shops. Right. Like if we have 20 shops, that means there's 20 communities mm. that will be filled with people who look like us, who be like, oh shoot, like this is a thing that can happen. Yeah. That wasn't something that existed before. So yeah, that's why we want to do this over and over and over. I love it. So is that the vision for the future of Nirvana Soul? I know there's like four in the works, but is Mm -hmm. the vision to get to like 20 or more? We want 20. 20. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. I love it. I'm excited. I'm like, because we're seeing you at four and then we'll have to come back when it's eight and when it's 16. And y'all be like, like, damn, I was there at the beginning. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. Well, good. Okay, so then my last question to you, is there anything else that you want to share for aspiring entrepreneurs, for our community, anything you want people to know? I would just say continue to put yourself out there. Um, Try, fail, try again. Um, There is no wrong way to do this. And as long as you're just putting a step in front of the other one, you'll get to wherever you're trying to get to. I do. I am someone who believes the universe will conspire to help you reach your goals. Mm -hmm. If you have clarity about them, you have a strong vision um, and you're willing to put in the work because at the end of the day, there's still no shortcuts. Trust me. I looked. I could find any. (laughs) I would take it if there was one. Ain't no shortcuts. Like you have to actually put in the work. work. And yeah, I believe in all of us. So Mm -hmm. there's enough room for everybody to succeed. I absolutely agree with that. Well, that's all I have for you. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for opening up your shop for us so that we could do this after hours, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, And for sharing the dream, the vision, and the work that's gone in along the way because y'all are definitely making that impact. We can feel it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you. That's it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Here to Uplift podcast. I hope you're finishing this episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. We want to keep the stories and inspiration coming. So please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the Uplift community, friend. Please join us for another episode soon.